You're listening to the Third Base Dugout, presented by Dorm Room Sports. Episode 18 of the Third Base Dugout. I am Deer, sorry for the barking dog, with Shelly, Tex, and Rug is back joining us. Boys, two weeks until baseball. Hallelujah. I guess when this comes out, it'll be exactly two weeks until baseball starts. Ah, oh, it's a good feeling. It's a great feeling. Yes, but hold on, before we actually get started with anything, just wanted to um, kind of promote social media. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at Third Base Dugout and at DRS Cast. Also, make sure you follow all of our other accounts. It's the pin tweet on the DRS Cast account. Um, so fourth and forty, uh, nothing but net student section. Everybody needs some love. So. Make sure you go follow them. Um, I know Rugs on fourth and forty. He kind of dabbles with us a little bit though. And then the three, the three of us are also on student section. So any college news, any football news, make sure you go check those out. But we do appreciate all the fandom they all have given us um, and and the support through the, I guess the past what two months or so. Yeah, I guess it's been about. Uh, a I was thinking. Time. I can't believe it's been this long already. I know, right? It's crazy. Um, I can't believe we're already 18 episodes in. I was about to say that as well. That's not. It doesn't feel like 18. No, it doesn't at all. It, it feels it, like I understand. We have done a lot with the Piedmont League, and so I think that's kind of taken up a lot of our episodes. And so we're like rolling on episode 18, but like we've only talked about baseball for like, or like Major League Baseball for like 14 of those episodes. Or like, 12 of those episodes so yeah we're 13 on fourth and 42 so it's yeah. it's gone pretty fast for sure everybody's rolling along it's always good it's always good but yeah keep up the keep up the um i guess the commitment for us um keep listening to our stuff keep i guess retweeting liking on youtube on on uh twitter you know, subscribe on youtube at dorm room sports and i think those are the only plugs that i have so boys it's prediction time. Finally. It is that time of year. This is the fun time of year, though. Oh, it is. Except for Tex when he says the Dodgers are going to win the World Series every year, and it just doesn't happen. It's always fun looking back and just how horribly wrong we always are. Yeah. We. Me and Brian. You always say the Dodgers. That's, I mean, that's, it's a, guarantee, that's a guarantee oh, bad take. But- You'd be better off saying the Dodgers are going to lose in the World Series. Well, this this year I'm going to say the Dodgers are going to lose to someone who comes out with a cheating scandal in April. So I'll cover all bases. <laughs> That's fair. Just got to make fair. every single take in the world so at least one of them's right. Yeah, yeah. So on today's episode, we're going to basically do any sort of picks we can: uh, MVP picks, Cy Young picks, Rookie of the Year picks, Manager of the Year picks and then division winners. And then we're going to talk a little bit about Shohei Otani and what the heck just happened to him yesterday, uh, or I guess Tuesday, if you're listening to this on Thursday. Um, yeah, that was disastrous. But we'll get to that later in the episode. MVP picks. Well, I guess first and foremost, I don't think it's – I don't think it was said before on uh, last week's episode, but Felix Hernandez has opted out. And That's a big blow. Did we announce David Price? And Marcakis is out. Marcakis is out. And Chris Hernandez is out. David Price is out. Um, Ian Desmond's out. Whole Burry's rotation. 
Oh, Braves rotation? Wait, who else with the Braves? Ah, dude, Kyle Wright will step in and it'll be fine for the Braves. But Felix is one of my favorite pitchers, but at this point in his career, he's not going to be any good. You know, he's the only AL pitcher to hit a grand slam since like 1980. Really? Yeah. Wouldn't who surprise was, me. He's the was, goat. Who was the last before him? Uh, honestly, couldn't tell you. I took one of the quizzes on MLB.com, and it was like, who was the last AL pitcher to hit a grand slam since 1980? That was Felix Hernandez. I can't wait for next week's episode when we have to write our own quiz for our Yeah, it's going to be great. Oh, yeah, so a little sneak preview to next episode. Intern Carson, uh, Texas showing him on the screen, obviously. If you're listening to this, you have zero idea what we're talking about. Um, but intern Carson is going to get a quiz from all of us, just like the Zach quiz on fourth and 40. <laughs> Carson probably knows less about baseball than Zach knows about football. So that's hard to do. He doesn't know much. About very soccer. hard to do. He doesn't know much about soccer as we're watching the MLS opening day. And uh, he uh, having a rough night. Yeah. Oh, Carson. Um, but all right, let's segue into MVP picks. Shelly. Am I kicking this off? You're kicking us off. You're, All right. Give me both of your MVPs. We'll, we'll All right. Start. I'm going to start with the spiciest take of all. First, AL MVP, Mike Trout. Like, that's – Dude, I, I don't know. Actually, no, I'm not going to do that because he's probably going to opt out. Um, I'm going to go with Tim Anderson of the Chicago White Sox. Look, time and, out. If, if he opts out, I'm not watching baseball. I'm sorry. That would be very, very bad for the game if he does. Yeah. But this, this, but listen, I understand if he does because he's having a kid, and like that takes way more importance over baseball, especially. I mean, you got to. I mean, with these times, you know. Times. All right, Tim Anderson, and let me tell you why. He was the batting champ. He has the best bat flips in baseball. He's clearly a star, and that, that always has some merit when it comes to the votes. I mean, it won't win you an MVP, but it will definitely get you in the mix. And if he puts up good numbers, like he's shown that he is capable at times, I mean, he, he could easily win it. You just got to get the war up because, you know, war. And he needs to walk a little bit more. But, like, other than that, I mean, he's got the power. Obviously, he's got the contact. Got the he's got Come again? He's got the social media. Oh, yes, he does. Like, he's, he's good for the game. He could be the MVP. And then National League, go with Juan Soto because the guy already has put up MVP <laughs> numbers. Like, and he – what, he came in, like, third in the voting? I don't think he was top in the voting last year. That was Rendon. Yeah, you got to realize yeah. that Rendon, Yelich, and Bellinger all had MVP seasons. Just, Soto, Soto had an amazing season. but I think he batted, like – what, 282, 34 homers or something? He was like 297 over 400 OBP. The thing about Soto is he gets dinged with the war stat a little bit because his defense is average to slightly above average, but he playing left field, he always lags behind Bellinger and Yelich a little bit. On yeah. Defense and athleticism. Well, thankfully, yeah. Yelich's defense kind of sucks, so it should be relatively easy to catch up to him. But Bellinger is literally a gold glove at just about any position he plays. So, um, I don't think really – honestly, um, uh, this is a topic for a whole other day, but I think Bellinger is going to be in the same conversation as Mike Trouting about three years. Um, I, I personally think that we're going to look at Bellinger and be like, this dude is literally a Willie Mays on steroids. 
better than Max Michael. Like, dude, dude's huge, and he does everything that Willie Mays does, that Willie Mays did. He's better I mean, than Mike Trout in the playoffs. What? Everybody's better than Mike Trout in the playoffs. Yep. But, yeah, I like, I like Soto, the local guy for us. I mean, he's also, it's like, 20, 21 now. So 21. He's getting, he's getting into a pretty advanced age. He's really old. <laughs> he go to drink. <laughs> yeah, he can drink alcohol now. So, I mean. As Texas picking boogies. Yeah, I'm over Soto. <laughs> but, yeah. Next. All right. AL MVP. Uh, my AL MVP. Um. I'm going to go on a wild card here and go Aaron Judge. I think he's wow. going to have a phenomenal year. Um, I think he's going to come out, and uh, he's going to hit a lot of home runs per usual. He's going to throw some people out at home in the outfield there. And uh, I see him doing very well in 60 games this year. I mean, I thought about Judge as well when I was picking my MVP. Like I, if he has a good year, I mean, it's not out of the equation. I think strikeout numbers just have to come down. Yeah. He, I mean, personally, so a little foreshadowing to my pick. Uh, I don't. I don't even think he's going to be the best player on his team this year. Wow. Um, mm-hmm. so well, uh, I'll, I'll. So, Tex, wait. You said who did you say for you now? My NL is going to be Mookie Betts because I don't think Cody Bellinger can win it back to back years. So I'm going to go with Mookie Betts. All right. Rug. Um. I'm with Tex. I got Aaron Judge in the AL. I just think he's going to stay. I think he's going to stay healthy in the shortened season, going to come out and just jack a bunch of home runs. I think and he's a guy that is super streaky, and he's going to have to be a guy for the Yankees that not necessarily carries the load because of how deep the lineup is, but I think he's definitely going to come out firing and kind of reclaim the spotlight after he had a lot of injuries last year on and off. But – that's my definitely my pick in the AL. I like the value. He's plus 900 right now. I think that the AL's got a lot of – I always like picking an MVP on a team that I know is probably going to make the playoffs because, let's be honest, if you don't make the playoffs, you're probably not going to win MVP. Yep. So that's why I like Aaron Judge. I think there's a lot of guys that are either not on playoff teams or kind of in similar situations or had one breakout years, but we don't know if they're going to replicate them. Um, for the NL, I got um, – it's kind of a little bit of a wild card. I, I got Fernando Tatis Jr. I think he's – what he did last year in his first full season is incredible. I think he, the Padres could sneak into a wild card spot potentially, and that's what they're going to have to do. And if they do, it's going to be him having an insane year because before he got hurt, I think he was hitting – wasn't he hitting like 320 or something like that? Yeah, he was, he was, he was up there. His defense is insane. I mean, he plays a position where he's going to stack up the analytics and the war, WAR stat, which they love with the MVP voting. He's got a lot of power. They bat him lead off, so he's going to get tons of opportunities game in and game out. So I think with him, if they have a shot with the amount of guys that can win it in the NL, it's always hard to pick it. But as I think the younger, the younger players are going to be a little more fired up, especially a guy like Tatis a little more fired up and I think a little more locked in this season. I got two things. One, a dude on Inter Miami um, in MLS opening day is choking on the field and they are um, bringing Carter out. So I hope uh, Reyes is doing better by the time this comes out. And then two to that comment, San Diego front office is booty. 
And so when they drop out to 20 games behind first place, they're going to say, oh, Tatis again, we need you for next year. And they're not going to play in the last 20 games. I think that's the concern with that pick because he's definitely good enough to win it, but you're right. They could easily flop. I just think they're the type of team that has enough star power that in a shortened season, if they're stars, their top heavy players just all come out firing. I just think they could be really lethal because I, I was looking at the rotation. I think it's a little better than, especially in a shortened season with Paddock protecting Paddock's arm. And I think it can be a, pretty valuable. And they have a de- pretty decent bullpen too. Yeah. All right. Um, so my AL pick, I'm going to stay with the Yankees trend. I'm going to go with Glaber Torres. Um, I think he's going to have a red hot start. The dude hit 38 home runs in the middle infield last year. Um, yeah. So that's about all that needs to be said there. He did only hit 278. But I think that can be improved with a little bit more experience. Um, and I think he got that experience last year, played in the playoffs. He's been there, done that. And um, I think, personally, he's going to get just about all the opportunities that he had last year in the middle of a lineup where he's going to be able to run produce. And he's just basically going to get everything he can at the plate because he is a very below average defender. But I think he's going to win this strictly on strictly on hitting. Um, I, I think he could possibly be our leading home run hitter this year. Um, if – if he gets hot, which is not a difficult statement for literally anyone to get hot. Like, I mean, Byron Buxton from the Twins could get hot and hit fucking 18 home runs. But um, – which likely probably wouldn't happen. Um, but my, my NL MVP is going to be Ronald Acuna. Um, I think he's just a bit too, too electric to not see him in a 60-game sprint. Um, I mean, he was almost a 40-40 guy last year really good with the glove um and i mean if if he gets super hot he could be a 2020 guy this year and i think that as odd as that is like as odd as that may feel if he goes all out and doesn't try to and and i know people may tell guys i know they tell mike trout like hey save your body say like don't risk anything i think acuna is going to go all out and i think he's going to end up with very high stats um and i think he's going to be a guy that really could have be his breakout year, even though he's really been broken out since he got to the bigs. So, because my MVPs, Shelly Sayoungs. All right, in the American League, I think Justin Verlander will win it. Um, I mean, the guy's still dominant at 37. It doesn't look like he's going to be slowing down anytime soon. And uh, obviously, all of his, his statistics were very good, but the one that stands out the most is the one that doesn't really matter is he won 21 games last year. I like that. I like 20-game winners. Even though it doesn't mean anything, I just – I don't know. Maybe it's still the old mind of thinking, but if I see a guy with 20 wins as well as the other stats, I don't think it's a question. And I, With the lineup Houston still has, it's not unreasonable to think that he would win it again. And then for the NL, Jacob deGrom um, – because if you don't pick him, it's probably not the smart pick. <laughs> yeah, I'm regretting mine right now. And um, he also has the best first name in sports. Like, come on, Jacob, great name. Biased. Slightly. I'll admit that. Um, for my NL, 
Um, I think someone who's better than Jacob DeGrom. And I think someone who's going to stand out this year is good old uh, Walker Bueller. Um, I think he's going to win the NL Cy Young just because he's going to be the number two behind Kershaw. If not the number one, I'm sure, I'm sure he might start opening day, honestly. Um, and then AL, this is a toss-up. I think Hunjin Ryu is going to dominate in the AL East. And then another AL East is going to be um, simply because he has uh, won the Players League and then will be the show. He's, he's done the stats line, played other players on video games. I think Blake Snell is going to dominate. And, uh, he's going to have a Cy Young year. Look, this guy's not my pick, but somebody that I'm super excited to see play uh, this coming season. And, like, your Blake Snell pick kind of uh, kind of brought me down this direction. I can't wait for Tyler Glass now. I can't wait. Like, he's not my pick, but I think he could easily be a Cy Young in the future. Dude's so good. Filthy. filthy. Got a disgusting fastball, disgusting curveball, disgusting everything. He's Dude's like 6'8", too. And he's on a team that gets the most out of the young pitchers, mm-hmm. which is very important. Yeah. Yep. All right, Rug. I'm going to keep it nice and boring in the AL. I think Garrett Cole's your Cy Young winner. He's kind of going to come out firing. He's going to be fresh again. He's just a bulldog. He's just relentless on the mound. He can pump a hundred in the seventh inning on pitch 110. And I think he's built for New York. He's going to do great there. He's going to be even more fired up in a shortened season. I just I think in the American League, he's just by far the best pitcher. I think Verlander's due for a step back, and I don't trust Shane Bieber's team to make the playoffs. So I think if they don't make the playoffs, it's going to be tough, even though I like Shane Bieber a lot. But I, I got I to go with Cole. I think Garrett Cole's going to flop this year. He's locked up. Maybe didn't work as hard this offseason. And, He's uh, in a short ballpark, and him and Verlander were a little bit susceptible to a home run ball. So I'm, I'm, in, I'm more interested than I am um, confident that he will flop. But he's a fly ball pitcher and likes that high fastball. But I think he knows how to. I'm okay with him giving up a home run or two because I know that he's gonna go. He's gonna eat. The thing is, is when you have a guy who throws as hard as he does and goes as deep into games as he does, and you know he's gonna be on a team that's gonna make the playoffs. I think that in itself is just so valuable when it comes to picking the Cy Young winner. Yeah, for sure. And then um, in the NL, um, I got to agree with uh, Jacob. I got to go with Jacob DeGrom, quality Uh, name. I saw you picking Scherzer. Um, No, I – Max Scherzer is – I mean, obviously Max Scherzer is awesome, but I think Max is getting ready to decline. He actually – he gritted his way through the playoffs last year and kind of never fully recovered from that back injury he had. I mean, if you look at what his um, World Series performances were the greatest performances I've ever seen. I mean, first of all, I've never seen a team lay off Max Scherzer breaking balls the way the Astros did, so I'm sure we can wonder why that was. But, okay. but um, he, he had to grind that whole playoffs. I think he's coming into year – I think it's year six of that contract now. I think he's going – I think he's 36 now. So I, I think he's going to come out firing, but DeGrom is just so – it's kind of like Cole. He's pumping. He's throwing upper 90s. He keeps it throughout the game. Day in and day out, he's consistent. The only thing stopping DeGrom is the Mets. I mean, are <laughs> they going to give him run support? Are they going to implode? And I just if, – because if they don't, he's 
I think he's the clear pick. I think he's the best pitcher in baseball, and there's no reason why he shouldn't win it. I can agree. I can agree with that. Um, Degrom is not my pick, but I do agree he's the best pitcher in baseball. Um, so my AL Cy Young is actually going to be Shane Bieber. Um, he led the league in complete games and shutouts last year um, as a rookie. I think that's very impressive and something to be noted. Um, I, I think his team, his offense is going to maybe struggle. His bullpen is going to struggle a little bit behind him, but I think he's going to pull out with some stats that are going to be pretty good. I think he's going to lead that rotation to a possible playoff push. But um, honestly, I, I don't really have any faith in the Indians. I think the Twins are going to run away with that division pretty easily. Um, but honestly, I think Shane Beaver in his second year could – could be a guy to watch out for. Um, and then my NL pick, honestly, this was the first guy that came into my head just because of his second half last year, Jack Flaherty. Um, probably the best second half I think I've ever seen in baseball. Yes. Um, so l- listen to this. In, second, in 11 second half starts, Flaherty has thrown 71 and one-third innings and ranks first in the majors with a .76 ERA and a 150 opponent batting average, second with a 2.18 FIP and three Fangraphs war. Uh, fourth with a .76 width, whip, and sixth in the gap between his strikeout and walk rate. Pretty good. That's just stupid. Like, the dude didn't even allow a run per nine innings in the, in the second half of last season. He put up video game numbers. Like, I think I I could maybe do that on rookie on MLB The Show, but I don't even think I could do that on veteran. <laughs> and, and this is the second half, so, like, the dog it, day summer. It's a, it's a race. Like, these guys aren't 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 – um, I guess pacing themselves throughout the season, these guys are going for CGs out the gate if they've been throwing. So I mean, like I think in, in a in a in a race, I think it's Flaherty's to lose, just because of the second half he had last year. Um, but I think him and Degrom will be close because they're both going to be just stupidly good. Yeah, it'll be fun. It'll be fun to watch. Absolutely. I think Aaron Noel is a dark horse. That Phillies team is just going to suck, though. I don't agree. <laughs> I, I like that Phillies team. Really? Joe Girardi said – They just fell apart. Teams, Nola's going to be a workhorse. I think Didi Gregorius is a – you can't have a better fit in Citizens Bank Park than Didi Gregorius, maybe Yankee Stadium, but as we saw. But I, I think the Phillies – all four of those NL East teams are going to be duking it out, and I think the Phillies could easily come out on top. All right. Shelly, rookie of the year. All right, I'm going with a, a wild card pick here. Not a big-time name just because of where he plays, but I'm going to go with Oakland Athletics starting pitcher, Jesus Lazardo. Last year he threw 12 innings out of the pen and was gross. I think he threw like a 1.5 ERA. And, um, yes, he has corona, but that just means his stuff's going to be sick. Like, come <laughs> on now. Wow. Yeah, you like that? Oh, God. The, the, the dad jokes are rolling in tonight. Oh, Lord. Oh, oh okay. And NL um, – Prayers go out to the Lazardo family right now. Yeah. Um, the NL, going to go with Gavin Lux because I guess he still qualifies as a rookie, and that guy is good. I don't want to steal the thunder because I think other guys are going to have him. So, Gavin Lux from the Dodgers. Shelly, I got to agree. My NL is a good old G-Lux. 
Um, didn't have a great year in the Players League and MLB The Show, but I think uh, he's going to turn around here for the real MLB The Show and uh, going to have a great year. Uh, he's going to start a lot of games, um, even though the Dodgers do have that platoon they usually do for the lefties. But I think Gavin Lux is going to have a phenomenal year, and then he's going to get paid in the offseason. So uh, Gavin Lux is my NL Rookie of the Year. And for my AL Rookie of the Year, <clears throat> I like Lizardo, um as well. Um, no other names really stick out. Um, about Sixto Sanchez in the NL, maybe, but uh, I don't know how he's going to look. So Gavin Lux and Lazardo is also my pick. The right. fact that uh, Lazardo, the Nats had to trade him, it worked out getting Sean Doolittle with Ryan Matson, but that one hurts. He's going to be an absolute stud, and he's my pick as well. I mean, he, he's, he's listed at uh, plus 300. He's the favorite right now with uh, Casey Mize and Michael Kopech at plus 500 and Luis Roberts at plus 200. But I think Lazardo is – he's just filthy, all-around filthy. He's going to come out firing. He'll be fine. Rota's not going to bother him at all. He's going to come out firing for sure. He's like, what, 22? Yeah, he's, yeah. he's going to be totally fine. I, I don't think it's – it's a really tough – year for rookie of the year. I think you're shooting darts a little bit with a lot of these guys who haven't really debuted much. I know Lazardo hasn't pitched a ton, but like you guys said, we saw what he did out of the pen. He his his stuff is just amazing. I think he's gonna be the beast. There, he, there could legitimately be probably four rookie of the year candidates in that division alone. Between Lazardo and Puck, both in that same rotation. AJ Puck is pretty good. Like he, mm-hmm. like he, he showed some stuff last year. You got Joe Adele who could possibly come up, and you got Forrest Whitley, and Jared Kelenic. I mean, I think the only thing that hurts Lazardo is playing in Minute Maid a bunch of times, just because he's going to go down to Houston, and uh, here's some trash cans being banged. Well, here's the here's the thing about that. No one's gonna be in the crowd to mask the the bangs, so they can't get away with that. They're gonna have to change up the strategy if they want to keep going on with what they were doing. I'm sure the Red Sox will let them know like what the new plan is and how to cheat um, and keep it going. I'm sure Alex Cora will be involved. All right, I'm actually going with two different pitch well, with, with two pitchers for my rookie of the year. I'm gonna do my NL. Oh, you you have not done your NL. Yeah, so uh, my NL is gonna be Dustin May. Dude Ooh. is filthy. Yes, he is. He's going to be an absolute stud. It's going to be this year. His his two-seam fastball, the, when you get a guy pumping in under upper 90s, his control's good. It's only a matter of time before he figures it out. That hair's good. I mean. He's got the look. I mean, he's – the Dodgers know how to get the best out of their young players. It's. I think he's a great pick for rookie of the year. Yeah. I actually like that the more that I think about it. But I'm actually going to go with two pitchers of my own um, that no one has said and I don't think anyone has even really thought about. Uh, my AL is going to be Michael Kopech. Um, I think Kopech comes into the league and takes a White Sox team into a possible wild card spot. Um, him and Giolito at the top of the rotation right there, that's, that's, that's a lot of fastballs coming in at high velocities. Um, I mean, dude, Kopech is dirty. That dude's running up like 100 to 102 consistently. And, I mean, coming off of TJ, I know, but, like, and that's a big thing. But I, I honestly think that 
the way the velocity is in the league right now, I think he's going to play. And I think he's actually going to be a big part of that White Sox team this year. Yeah, my my only concern with him is that are they going to limit him just because he's coming off of TJ? He hasn't obviously thrown a lot of live reps. It's just like, um, do you want to feed him to the Wolves? And, like, if they do, obviously I think he's going to have success as well. And I think his stats would be good enough to get him rookie of the year. But if they limit him, I'd, you might as well, like, take him off the table. It's not going to have the numbers that we think a Lazardo or a Puck will have. You know, now that you mentioned that, I kind of agree. Um, but I don't know in a 60-game push, I, I don't really know. I think throughout the season, I think they would – like if it was a full 162-game season, I think we'd see some limited innings coming in like April, May, maybe in a June. But I, honestly, I think he's been off of TJ for a while now. Um, and I think he's probably been working quite a bit. Um, I mean, I think I've seen some videos of him just like chucking like 102s all over the place. Like, so I, I don't know. Um, he could be like a five, six inning guy, uh, maybe not a back end guy, um, as like or, or like deep in the ball game. But I don't know. I think that 102 is going to play pretty well. Um, yeah, no, I I think so too. Especially in a pitching ballpark. It's just like, do you want to sacrifice like the future if you're the White Sox? Because you still have Giolito. Like he's still, I mean, he's not a like a far fetched Cy Young Award candidate either. Like he, Personally, he's um, honestly a dark horse. It is, I think, a dark horse. Um, I, I think the White Sox are in win now mode. Um, I mean, I think they made a lot of acquisitions. They definitely, they definitely tipped their, their hand for sure this offseason. Their farm system is disgusting. Um, I mean, they've got Luis uh, Robert or Robert. I don't even know how you say his last name, but like, he's probably going to be at the bottom of the lineup, and and he could easily be a top of the lineup guy. Um, and so I, I think that lineup is going to be really good. I think the rotation is going to be good. Bullpen may suck, but I mean, shoot. Um, but I, honestly, I think the White Sox are in, are in win now mode. I think they think that they can at least contend for a wild for a playoff spot, maybe even contend for the division in a, in a 60 game race. But I don't know. I'm, I'm actually kind of interested to see how, how they use Kopech. Um, Cause I mean, being behind Giolito, they've got Reynaldo Lopez, who hasn't really shown a ton. He's really susceptible to the home run ball, but he can – I mean, dude can throw the literal laces off. His, his elbow is a ticking time bomb. Yeah, yep. Reynaldo. Yeah, he's not going to – he's either going to get hurt or he's going to get – he should be – they need to move him to the bullpen. Yeah. He's not a – he is not a starter on a postseason. Huh? I actually, I actually saw his debut in Nationals Park. That was a – Really? Yeah, he came on the first inning, just chucking like 99. So I was like, okay. Yeah, he, his arm is live, but he's like a real poor man's Luis Severino. <laughs> and it's just those yeah, those smaller pitchers who are just so reliant on their arm are just they're, – they're, they're going to get hurt. And Severino, you've seen it, unfortunately. But Severino's a lot better than Ronaldo Lopez. Ronaldo Lopez is very inconsistent when it comes to even being a starter. I, I don't think he's a starter on a postseason caliber team. And the White Sox's biggest concern is definitely their starting pitching depth. But if they can get Kopik to give them something this year, then I think that infinitely increases their value. Yeah. Uh, my NL pick is uh, Mackenzie Gore, the big lefty. Um, I, th- I think basically for the same reason that Rug picked Tatis for the MVP. Um, if I think it's going to be the young guys that take that Padres team to a postseason if they can make it. 
And I think Mackenzie Gore being in that rotation behind Paddock is going to be pretty good. Um, Gore has been dominant in minor leagues. No, it doesn't always translate, but the dude's a big lefty that runs it up. And, I mean, I don't know. I think the Padres got a little something going. No. Uh, they're definitely cooking up something in the uh, in San Diego. Yeah, Texas salty because he's a Dodgers fan, but they're they're, they're moving in the right direction. You think San Diego is better than Arizona right now? No, oh, no. I think San, I think they're probably like a step or two behind. I think they're there. top heavy. They when you have that much star power on that on a team like that. Yeah, I mean, if Machado and Tatis come out playing to their best versions of themselves, and then you got Paddock. I mean, the Padres have so much star power. Yeah, Will Myers. Short season. That's Will so Myers. interesting to me. Even Hosmer, like Frank Grisham is on the come up. Francisco Mejia is on the come up. Hosmer is also you can't, you can't a clutch player. Yeah, no, like, I, yeah. you're right. I shouldn't ignore him. Hosmer is a clutch so player. It's like a two hitter now, but yeah, he's, he's, he's perennial three hundred. It's clear he's not what he was in Kansas City, but like still having a veteran presence like that, like nothing against Machado, but like I don't know. Yeah. I, th- I think Hosmer is like that clear-cut leader. The team could be good. But, all right, manager of the years, this this should probably be pretty quick because, I mean, we'll kind of get to it more than the division winners as well. well. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty obvious. If your team has the lowest payroll and you win the, a lot of games, you win it. Or if your team is the best in the league, you win it. So I'm going to go with Kevin Cash from the Rays and Dave Roberts from the Dodgers. Not really a whole lot to be said there. Correct. I'm Dave Roberts as well, and then I'm going to go Alex Cora for the AL. <laughs> I like that pick a lot. He was actually my runner-up. Yeah, we'll call him in his Red Sox office. Oh, wait. Oh, and wait. He, he got fired. I forgot. <laughs> uh, AJ Hinch was uh, third place receiving votes. Wait. Oh, oh, Hinch. Oh, Astros. Oh. Astros. Well, yeah, so my AL is actually going to be Dustin Baker. Dusty I Baker. like it. I'm excited to see really? that. Dusty Baker in the regular season is money with good teams. As as messed up as it is, what about to say? I was going to say, I want the Astros to win the World Series now because Dusty Baker is there. The baseball media also slobs all over Dusty Baker. Like, he could do no wrong. I remember when he was with the Nationals. God forbid, like, you questioned a bullpen decision or anything. It's just – like, oh, my God. And then, then everyone last year, the whole season, oh, why did they fire Dusty Baker? Why this and that? Like, you would have thought, like, Dusty Baker was just a victim of a crime or something, the way they <laughs> – if you even – like, if you even criticize Dusty Baker's job with the Nats, I, I was someone who supported them firing him, not because I thought he was a bad manager, but I didn't think he was the, the guy to help the Nats get over the hump because you can't have a guy who's snake bit in the postseason managing a team that was snake bit in the postseason. But – I just – great – when it comes to regular season baseball, Dusty Baker's teams, he gets the best out of those teams. He manages stars. He's like he's like Phil Jackson in the NBA. He manages stars so well, and he's the perfect manager for the Astros right now. I got a question for you guys. Yes. Who is Chris Woodard? Sounds familiar, but I don't know. You, top you heard American no. League. Who? American League, Chris Woodard. Ranger. I got Chris Woodard. He's a, he's a sleeper I got. Wow. He used to coach. That's I thought that sounded familiar. And not a single one of us knew that. Yep. He signed with the last year. 
I'm going to be honest. If you told me Ron Washington was still managing the uh, Rangers, I'd probably say you're right. <laughs> he even still the first base coach for the Braves. He's there. Okay. Or was he, was he the third base coach or first base coach? It felt like Jeff Bannister was just there, just the most forgettable person on the planet. He just never did anything. He was just yeah. there. He just took yep. up space. Like Adrian Beltre should be the manager into the Rangers, to be honest. Dude is just – Or Michael yeah. Young. Or oh, Mark, yeah, or Michael Young. Mark I don't know. I feel like if Adrian Beltre managed team would play very, very hard. That team would be muy fuego, si, senor. All right, Andy. Okay. Rug, your picks. So, AL, uh, I'll kind of continue what I talked about last week. I'm on Joe Madden. Joe Madden's a type manager. He comes to a new team. They love him. His new quirky personality takes hold. Everyone wants to play for him. Star power, top-heavy team. Yep, I'm going to get to that, potentially. Um, but, yeah, star power, top-heavy team. Obviously, it's continued on Mike Trout playing. If Mike Trout doesn't play, then, well, yeah, it's, it's not happening, but – Otani, I believe in Otani. We'll get to that, but I believe in him. I think Andrelton Simmons doesn't get talked about enough as being just an absolute stud. The Angels, yeah, potentially. I mean, the Angels have had pieces around them and their farm system's improving, but they're going to stay healthy eventually. Yeah, don't forget about pool holes. Dude, if if everyone plays – I don't know about pool holes, man. It would be so good. They like, pools would be Brian off the Trout, team. If, Joe Adele and Brian Goodwin, that outfield could be so good. Brian Goodwin's a heck of a player, man. He was always productive with the Nats, and they just had to get rid of him because they just had too many guys in the outfield. Yeah. And then you got David Fletcher. Yeah, just a quality player. Oh, Jesus. Joe Adele is going to be a stud. I mean, if he, I don't know if he's ready this year to step in and be productive. It might be a year away, but. I don't, I don't really like his average in the minors. Like, I'm not, I don't really think he's I, – I don't know. Um, I, I don't think he is produced as well as people have maybe thought he, he would in the minors. Uh, I know he's actually popped quite a few uh, balls out, but um, I think in terms of average-wise, I think he's hitting like 280 or something in the minors, which, I mean, is not – What's I mean, his OPS? It's not necessarily what you would want as, like, Mike Trout's second-hand man or right-hand man. Like – I, I don't know. I don't Not know. even the best outfield in South Southern California. I mean, you could make that argument. You got two MVPs in the outfield in uh, LA. Yeah, who's even your who's even your left fielder? Uh, our first guest on the show. Christian. That is true. They put him. They put him out there. I mean, it's a lock. That's the best outfield in baseball. Chris <laughs> Taylor, go check out our first episode ever. Yeah, there you go. Throw all the way down from 18. All right, so. Wait, did you, did you say both yours? No, I got to say my NL. You oh, jump on the gun on me again. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> yeah, I, for the NL, um, Tex, Tex kind of guessed it. I'm, I'm taking Joe Girardi. I think he's going to come in and lead the Phillies to the really good season. I think he's one of the best managers in baseball. I mean, he's going to be able to handle Philadelphia just fine as he handled New York already. And I just – I fully believe that he's going to do a great job. You think he continues the makeup trend since he's been on TV? You think he wears some makeup in the dugout this year? Nah, he's he's got to be he's a he's a former catcher. He's got to be a blue collar guy, especially in Philly. Yeah, I mean, I I got to talk to Joe Girardi for a good while last summer um, when I went because I I was in the booth with him and Kenny Albert and and I sat with Joe Girardi first um, while Kenny went down and did a few interviews and he 
basically broke everything down for me and like told me like the different parts of baseball that you only see as a broadcaster or like you or like you only see as a coach and like he made me understand baseball so much more. It was unbelievable. And so, like, I, I have full faith in him that he could get it done with this Philly squad uh, just just by how well he he understands the game. He might be my favorite manager in baseball, just overall, just from listening to him when he would come on at, like, Francesa for years, just yeah. listening to him talk about baseball. And then, like you said, he's just great baseball guy, great manager, tirades. 10 out of 10 manager tires. You go on YouTube, look at Joe Girardi ejections. He's got some classic ones. He got, he's got some really good ones over the years. Yeah. Not, as, not as good as or Savage is in the box. That's no, true. Aaron, that was Aaron, a good one too. Aaron Boone definitely watched Joe Girardi tapes of how to get thrown out of games. Cause he started, he wasn't like this his first year. Oh, can we do that? Can we do that next week? The, the best uh, coaches of all time getting thrown out of games. Probably manual. Bobby Cox, don't even try it. Car Manuel's one on Balking Bob is Bobby, classic. Bobby Cox is the best coach at getting thrown out of games. Wait, I'll, I'll throw another one at you. Lou Pinella. Ooh, Lou Pinella. Lou Pinella used to throw bases. <laughs> like, he would um, sling them. Uh, uh, the, the old Mets coach. Um, Willie Randolph? No, the most recent one. Not the most recent one, but the – Terry one. Collins? Yeah, one of the Terry video. Collins and his and – Oh, his he's so ramp. small. You gotta help us out. You gotta give us a chance. You're better than that, Randy. You're better than that. (laughs) He was always so short. Like the umpires were always so much taller. He was always like pointing up at him. It was always (laughs) hilarious. Oh man. All right. Well, my AL. uh, I'm going back to back. I'm going Rocco Baldelli. Um, I I think the Twins are gonna have a very good year this year. Um, the Bomba Squad from last year. That's just. Plus, they added Josh Donaldson. I mean. <laughs> added Boar. Yeah. That's eh, a wrap. Yeah. But to, to bounce off of Baldelli, did you know he wore number five when he played for the Red Sox? I did not. They gave Rocco Baldelli number five. Disrespect to Noma. So, I'm about to say, what, what, that would have been after No More. Well after No More. Yeah. Yeah, they gave Rocco Baldelli number five. Wow. Can't get over that. He's a Dodger. Turned out to be a better coach than he is a player. <laughs> I feel like that's that's a pretty common trend at this point. I guess that's fair. That is fair. Yeah. Um, so, my NL, I'm actually kind of going out on a limb. I'm going to say David Bell, the Reds coach. Um, I, I think the Reds have built a postseason squad. Um, I think that that starting rotation, the bullpen, the lineup, everything is good enough to make the postseason. They stay healthy. They're in a hitter's ballpark. They've got a lot of power in that lineup. They're going to be dangerous. And I think Luis Castillo has a breakout, has another breakout. Well, I guess you can't really have two breakout years. But I think he's going to have another heck of a year with that changeup that he's got running it up high 90s. Uh, yeah, I, I think he's going to – I think that team is going to be really good, and I think David Bell is going to lead him to the postseason. I, w- I want to see Joey Votto ball out this year with that – if that team is good. Yeah. I, I, I just – It really sucked uh, to fall off of an absolute cliff last year. Their lineup just leads – just is weak to me. I know they added Moustakis, but they're going to – if Nick, Sen, Nick Senzel is the key on that team, if he takes a step forward – I think that that's going to be – you look at the season he has and you're going to look at where they go. Because obviously with the DH, they got Castellanos going to be there. They got Moustakis and Suarez is going to hit Jack. 
40 balls and Votto's going to get on base and still be an above average hitter, but they need that versatile offensive Nick Senzel. If they can get that, I think their lineup looks a lot better. Yeah. I mean, I don't really like the fact that they're not thinking, they're thinking about not putting uh, Aquino in the lineup. I, um, so they're, they're thinking because they've got um, Akiyama, the, the uh, new international import. Um, think about putting him out there. And then you've got Jesse Winker and you've got uh, Nick Senzel and you've got Castellanos. I kind of like putting him out there. I feel like those guys come over and they, if they're going to produce, they do it early. Their yeah. best is always in that first – in a sprint like this, I could see him doing way better in 60 games than overall. I'm, I'm not really a believer in a, in a Kino. I think his swing is kind of fluky. He's got that big leg kick, which means when he gets hot, he's going to dominate. But I don't think that he's sustainable as a hitter. I don't really see it in him. Plus, you also have to realize that Tucker Barnhart's a pretty good hitting catcher. He is – Probably one of the best all-around catchers. Obviously, Rio Muto owns that title, but he's always in the discussion. Yeah. yeah. Will Smith. Well, Will Smith's still young. Barnhart's Will Smith's a stud. I, I personally really don't. Good. Will Smith almost ended game five with that ball to the track. Oh, I thought about it, Rug. Oh, my God. I thought the game was over. I was – oh, my God. By the but, grace of God. But to to go on Will Smith, I do think he's very good. He's still what the, last year was it? What year one? I think he still be a rookie this year, actually. I I just want to say, if he can do it again, then I'll I'll believe the hype. But Barnard's been doing it for what like four or five years now. Like he's pretty established at this point. Like he's, a, I mean, he's still not a great hitter by any means, but he's a really good hitting catcher in that place. Also as a cannon. Yeah, he – I don't know. He's more like a meh catcher for me. Like he's 231 last year. He's definitely – like his defense is good, which always plays as a catcher. But with the Reds, they're not relying on him for the offensive production. I think Jesse Winker and Nick Senzel are the two key players for them. I I think that – I think I mentioned this last episode, but I think Cassianos is in the perfect spot for himself. Um, he's able to hit a lot of home runs and bat for high average in a spot where he doesn't have to play defense in the Red – don't have to put him out in right field um, because that is literally just a death trap in right field. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think Aquino is the same. I, I feel like Aquino is more is almost a poor man's Castellanos at this point. I think he's going to hit for a lot of home runs. Probably probably won't hit for the average that Castellanos does, but he's just really bad in the outfield. And so I feel like Aquino is just in a really bad spot where they don't want to put him in the outfield, but they also their DH spots fill up. So. Well, there's my rant on the Reds. Um, so we're actually going to skip division winners. We'll do that next episode just because we don't really have time for it. Um, let's talk about Shohei Otani for a second. This dude threw 50 pitches yesterday, or Tuesday, if you're listening to this on Thursday. Threw 50 pitches on Tuesday and walked eight dudes. That's 32 balls at least. Yeah, Brian, that's that's not good. That's not good at all. At least 32 balls out of 50 pitches. I was about to pick him for my MVP because I thought I figured he would hit like 10 jacks and 
throw an under three ERA or something. And now I think he's going to walk 40 guys before the fifth inning. Yeah, I think he should just be a hitter. I don't – I think he's just got to recover. But personally, I don't know. That scares me a little bit if I'm the Angels. I I think it's rust. I don't think it's anything to be, like, terribly concerned about because some guys – sometimes you have a bad outing. Like, that just is what it is. And he hasn't really pitched competitively in almost a year. Yeah. We'll, we'll call it rust, but, like, the, the lack of command is definitely frightening. Yeah. If you're an Angels fan, that is. That's very frightening because he used to be a guy that, like, I mean, he was going to walk two, three batters a game. But, like, he still had the command to where he's going to get guys to swing. He's going to get guys to still make contact. But he's going to also get 10 Ks. Well, he's like going to punch out 10 dudes. Yeah, there's, like, a highlight video of him dotting 100, blowing in. Just dotting it up. Like he's clearly it's still there. Yeah. Let's just let's just hope the next outing's a little better. If he does it's it definitely again. a concern because exactly. If he does it again, it's it's a major problem because there's not gonna be, oh, you're off to a slow start this season. You gotta come out firing. If you're not coming out firing, you're a liability. And yeah. it's gonna be it's not fair. It's gonna be hard for Atani coming off the Tommy John, but especially with him, is it possible it affects his hitting? mentally just if he can't throw a strike does that turn around and affect his hitting too and and that's going to be really scary for a team that's only going to go as far as their pitching is going to take them Mm -hmm. he has to be an ace hitting is going to be they're going to hit they're going to be a really good hitting team Mm -hmm. if their starting pitching can do half as good as they half as good as like Shohei Otani can do they'll make the playoffs but if they if Shohei Otani underperforms, everyone else is I mean, no one else is good enough to live up to what Shohei Otani should be. And so that's just your number one guy being below average. And that's a problem. Let's see what happens next time. If it's bad next time, then panic button is out and we're slamming it. Yeah. I'm sure we'll we'll hear over the weekend. I'm sure he's probably gonna throw another 40, 50 pitches either over the weekend or early next week. They'll probably give him a week, it would be my guess. Also, you could – another factor that obviously I don't think would account for that many walks, but they probably had a bullpen catcher being an umpire, and the strike zone's probably messed up. You could always have that in play. But I believe it was just a simulated game, wasn't it? Yeah, but I, I you've been watching the MLB Network with the Yankees. They've yeah. had a bullpen catcher back there. I don't know what the Angels are doing. But maybe that could be the reason. You never know. I don't know. I'm just trying to look for anything to help help this guy out, you know? Yeah. Because yeah. I want Otani to do really well. Yeah. Was there a velocity there? I think the velocity was there, though, right? I don't know. I actually did not read into it too much. I honestly was at lunch today, and I saw it on the bottom line, and I'm like, oh, my God, we got to talk I, about it. From what I read, I think the velocity was there, and it's, he came out healthy. So as long as, as long as that's the case, I'm more confident that he'll – he just has to take a step forward next time out, and he's still got three weeks. Location's mechanical. Mm-hmm. I mean, he probably lost a decent amount of his mechanics after not throwing for seven, six, seven months. I mean, it happens. But I, I think this close to the season is a little bit scary if you're L.A. Um, like, if this happened a couple weeks ago, I'd have been like, all right, yeah, whatever, it's fine. He'll figure it out in, in a couple weeks, and then – They'll be perfectly fine for the start of the season. Yeah, but no, we have two weeks until the season starts. 
he might want to figure it out. But any final thoughts, anybody? Red Sox. Um, I actually don't want to uh, spoil it, but Red Sox win the AL East. That's had, had, had to get that out there. That spoils everything. That's not I mean, what did you hey. say? I got the Blue Jays winning the AL East over the Red Sox. I, I do think the Blue Jays have a better chance of winning the AL East over the Red Sox. Just gonna put it out Red there. Red Sox are right easily coming fourth in the AL East. Blue Jays are a year away, in my opinion. I know they got Ryu, but. Yeah, their their young core is so good. Hey, it is. But I don't. I don't know if it, I don't. It's a little much for them. I think to ask them to win that. Yeah. Here, here's the determining factor for the Red Sox. They open up with Baltimore. If they get swept by Baltimore, it's over. It's done. Season. If you get swept canceled. by Baltimore, you might as well have a relegation system for your team. If they if they sweep Baltimore, World Series is on full effect. But they play 10 games with the Yankees, seven of which are at Yankee Stadium. Tell me how that makes sense. And never counted out, though, the Tigers did sweep the Yankees in the second week of the season. I just don't know how the Red Sox pitching is going to get through the Yankee lineup. Um, they're just going to throw out whoever can throw a baseball that day. and just say, Water you know, Rodriguez. <laughs> well, he, he tested positive for Corona, so it doesn't look like he's going to be pitching. Definitely got to um, do some different tactics, some pitching inside, making guys feel uncomfortable. Well, I think Martin Perez is probably going to have an MVP-type season as a pitcher, something you don't see a lot. Uh, Martin Perez. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't hate Martin Perez. He's a quality pitcher. He, Problem he is he's a lefty against a righty-heavy Yankee lineup. Yeah. The, the beauty of it is, though, they play three games at Fenway and seven at Yankee Stadium. So Can't cheat as much? Yeah, I guess they're, they're counting that out because the Yankees were completely innocent, too. The Yankees are under a lot of pressure. They just they just went through the first decade in forever with not winning a World Series. That fan base is edgy. If they have a – I mean, that's the way New York – the way New York covers baseball is different than any other city. If they have a bad first week, they are going to lose their shit, and the pressure is going to be on. So that's, that's where, the Red Six, where the Red Sox have their opportunity. They have to get off – I mean, they've got a winning – Winning mentality there. They're used to winning big games. If they get off out of the gate, you can see it happen. I mean, but I'm but look. I as much as I want to say that and I want to talk myself into it, I think the Yankees are the best team in that division by two or three miles. I don't think it's even close. Yeah. Every every part of every part of the the field, their bullpen's deep as hell. Their lineup's deep as hell. Their starting pitching's actually pretty probably better than it's been in years. Tanaka in a shortened season's more lethal than in a longer season because of his durability. My final thoughts actually go kind of on that direction. Did y'all see the Yankees B lineup? I don't want to see that because I know they it's really good. They literally beat probably a quarter of the MLB teams right now. They're in a really good uh, – uh, this is come from a Red Sox fan. <laughs> so sad. They're in such a good spot as an organization. Like, if they don't win a World Series in the next 10 years, they just need to sell the team. It's what happens when you have a lot of money. You have a lot of money in a very, very smart front When you have a lot of money in a really smart front office, you get the New York Yankees. As, as much as that hurts to say, it's the truth. Like they, Their problem is very simple. They, they, need, they have too many strikeouts, and they need a gritty clutch hitter. I, I think they're going to miss Didi Gregorius. They need that gritty clutch hitter. I know Gardner kind of can do it a little bit, but that's where they – 
in a lot of their big games, they haven't – I know Torres has, against the Orioles at least, but in a lot of their big games, they have hit a little bit worse than you would like to see. I think Aaron Hicks is going to be that guy. He is very good. He's a good player. I think Aaron Hicks could be the guy that they're missing in the postseason that they didn't have last year. Um, they got their number one pitcher, Garrett Cole, and they got Luis Severino, I think, back. Is he back? No, Severino, I think, got Tommy John. He's still, still not back. All right, well, my, my, Tanaka, I don't really know if he's if what's going to happen with him. Prayers up for him, though. The oh. nice thing about Tanaka is you always know he's going to show up in the postseason. Yeah. I, I think Paxson's very questionable. But it, his stuff is great, but when it comes to him pitching in New York, I, he was very shaky last season. But if they can get something out of him, then they've got a very good postseason one, two, three. Yeah. He's also always had the injury bug concern, always swarming him in his career. So, I mean, that's always mm-hmm. there. But dude's, dude's gross when he's on. He's good. Anybody else? Any other final thoughts? Go Tigers. Go Tigers. Tune in to the student section from this week and the fourth and fourth and 40. And on Saturday. And hangover tonight. Great um, interview. Press conference. It's a press conference. Um, Tune in. It's going to be pretty funny. Is it live or is it? No, it's not live. Okay, so it's just dropping tomorrow morning. Yeah. Wait, or is it tonight? Wait, don't you usually drop on Wednesdays? No, we dropped Tuesdays, Thursdays. Oh, so y'all are moving to two times a week. Are you guys still doing three yeah. shows a week or two? We're doing two, but we got something in the works right now. You don't want to completely spoil it, but let's just say golf, battle, insanity. JR is winning. Probably. I mean, I'm his caddy. Oh, it's between Herman, Herman, John. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. All right. We'll have we'll have the Vegas lines out for everyone. Um, come match time, so just be checking Twitter at DRS Cast, and probably Third Base Dugout will have some coverage as well. Yeah, we'll figure. Right, well, you just go ahead and follow them too. Yeah, Wait, I know Fourth and Forty will as well, so go follow them as well. All right, yeah, make sure you follow us on Twitter at Third Base Dugout and at DRS Cast. Go listen to the other podcast from this week. Everybody else in the company. Good night. See you next week. <laughs>